0: Threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe.
1: We're here today. Now we're gonna have to
0: say. (laughs) <laughs> hey, man, that was worst that was, that was good that was worst good. ever um welcome to the podcast mm-hmm. cameron yes, listeners <laughs> everybody <laughs> well thanks
1: for inviting me yeah, yeah
0: yeah it's good good to be here um today what yeah. are we talking about
1: um mindless
0: banners one like of the best subjects ever it really
1: is. anything to do with aliens mm-hmm. but in particular alien abductions
0: oh this it gets We've serious got some stories yeah. For y'all. Yeah. And you be the judge. You be the judge. These are some of the most famous. Did it famous. happen?
1: Did it not happen? Yeah. You'll be able to know. Today, y- we'll give you the answers. Yes, for Maybe. sure. Okay, good. But before we get to that. Okay. This alien abduction stuff, it goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prepping requires forethought with regard to food and water, power and protection, and bags and guns and no, all good. kinds of stuff. Stuff that needs significant technical preparation. Self-reliant medical care is no no exception at all. Mm-hmm. The Preppers Medical Handbook, which is superb it is by noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist William W. Forgey, MD, provides provides the basis of prevention, identification, long term management of survivable medical conditions and tells you what, when, where, why, who, how to return to the grid and what to do if you cannot. Mm. I really like the book because it has a super easy, organized structure. You just get to the point. Mm. I bit my tongue off. How do I put it back on?
0: I almost bit my tongue off last night at jujitsu, by the way. Really? It hurts so bad. i bleeding <laughs> everywhere. It's cute. But you probably would have been okay if you
1: had that medical I handbook. I was
0: looking for it, and I didn't have it in my bag. Yeah.
1: So I've been browsing through it. I mean, it has, like, all the stuff you really do need mm. if you're going to go off the grid and try and do it on your own. Yeah. Don't be dumb. Mm. Go get this book. Go to PreppersMedicalHandbook.com, or you can go to Amazon and get it, Mm -hmm. and it is called the Preppers Medical Handbook. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Carry it. It'll keep you alive.
0: And that's good. It's good to be alive. It really is. Because there's so many cool things that are happening these days, one of those being alien abductions. (laughs) I mean, how how much more... Fun can you get than alien abductions? I mean, this is they like sound fun. Peak, peak entertainment right here is where we're <laughs> yeah. at. So we we wanted to talk about some stories of of alien abductions, and we decided, look, let's just do like the most famous ones that yeah. are out there. And hilariously, some of the most famous ones are the most bat shit crazy are, stories I've ever
1: heard. They're so detailed, yeah. Like and <laughs> so far out there.
0: Oh my gosh! And man. it's pretty
1: like I got reading into like alien abductees and Uh like people that you know psychologists and all their involvement and everything Uh it's pretty fascinating stuff and they figure like the abductee like uh they call them experiencers or abductees yes or people that have been abducted um just how it kind of like has died off a little bit it's Mm -hmm. not as detailed because they think with the evolution of phones and cameras that they're like, well, I can't, we can't like twist the truth a lot because yeah. I had my phone on me. Yeah. They think that it may have fallen off a bit from that. Sure. But who knows? They may have gotten all they needed yeah. from these people that we're going to talk about.
0: Exactly. So, Probed should we enough. just get rolling? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The first one is Elizabeth Clarer. And so, this is one of the, the earliest ones out there. Um, she was born in 1910. So, a long time ago. My grandpa was born in 1910. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they knew each other. <laughs> but they did. There's only five people yeah, on Earth. Yeah, probably there not that many. She was born in Mui River, um, nat- Natal, South Africa. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. M O O I? That's all I'm saying is Mui.
1: Is that Big River? It's Mui River. Mui. Mui it's big. Mui big. Mui wet. Lots of water.
0: Um, at age seven, Elizabeth and her older sister Barbara also had their first supposed UFO encounter age mm. seven. It's starting them young, you know. While feeding their psyllium <laughs> c- puppies, psyllium? Cil- I don't know what those Cilly are. Silly ham, I Silly ham puppies. They look like pigs. Um, <laughs> outside the farmhouse, Elizabeth and her sister claimed they witnessed a silver disc bathed in a pearly luster, which swooped over them. <laughs> I could totally imagine a seven-year-old saying that. <laughs> there was a silver disc. It was bathed <laughs> in a pearly... <laughs> <Badged enough. laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Had a nice luster. Pearly his... luster, daddy. Um, yeah. Anyways, simultaneously, a giant orange, red, and cratered planetoid was observed orbiting and rotating high in the atmosphere.
1: And planetoid was probably not used either.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know the dad yeah. is planetoid. Yes, I no, no, planetoid. maybe their language. Yeah, I don't know. maybe they talk to alien a lot. Back maybe, there. maybe the disc rushed to meet it, pacing and guiding it northwards, while the planetoid left a smoke trail in its wake. <laughs> So, only months later, she had another sighting in the company of Laddam, their Zulu farm manager. Like, what kind of a life is this, that they have a Zulu farm manager? You know what I mean? It's awesome. Cillium um, puppies, Zulu farm managers. Um, I think they were alien. Maybe they are. Well, yeah. Later in life, during a 1937 flight from Durban to Baragwanath. I've been there yeah it's great uh, great this time of year in a leopard moth aircraft (laughs) I know dude like this is like she's from another planet Um, she and her husband reportedly saw a saucer that approached I played this game it's pretty fun (laughs) (laughs) it's like Skyrim kind of um a saucer that approached, coasted along, and then departed from them. So basically just pulled up next to them, honked, and then <laughs> then, then, then left, right? Uh, so that was... on a race? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what that kind of thing got? Come on, show me what you got. <laughs> right here go about eight, 1,800 mile yeah. power. Or so, I don't know. So that was in 1937. And then in 1954, her sister, May, then resident on the farm white if white white leaf in natal midlands relayed to her that the native zulu These people places exist
1: anymore they're on and They're Earth. all covered in ocean right now <laughs> probably
0: <laughs> relayed to her that the native zulu people were reporting appearances of a lightning bird in the sky <laughs> we're seeing a lightning bird
1: <laughs> that's cool
0: yeah in response elizabeth and her children travel from johannesburg that one i've heard of heard that <laughs> that's real <laughs> to the farm and she is she ascended Flying Saucer Hill the following day, and that's what they called the hill. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough. Already is... it was called that? I guess. That's this. what they're saying. There she claimed to have seen the starship descend. It hovered three meters above the ground while only emitting a soft hum. <laughs> its hull spinning, though its central dome, remained stationary. The spaceman, that sounds very classic. The spaceman who later identified himself as Akon... Was supposedly clearly visible through this one of the This is a Gravitron. Get on. I may call us <laughs> a Gravitron. Get on. Right? That'll <Not> be <before> <laughs> four tickets. 400 tokens. Um, so Akon supposedly clearly visible through one of the three portholes, but a barrier of heat that emanated from the ship prevented her from approaching, and his scout ship departed again. It's mm. too hot. Too he, hot. he invited her on. No, no, he was just there. And oh, she was and trying she, to go there. Yeah, Ew, yeah. my eyebrows, <laughs> going back home, I'm heading back down to Spaceship Hill. No, I've flying been going socket.
1: super fast. Don't come close to the <laughs> yeah. ship. Burning yourself. Yeah, it's hot. It's like a you
0: can handle this heat. Disc break. Yeah. You don't want to get close to it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Some eighteen months later, she visited the hilltop again after further reports of the lightning bird. On this occasion, on April seventh, nineteen fifty-six, Akon took her aboard. Oh, he kept coming back. Yeah, it's the same dude. Same dude Pedophile alien Kind of Well, no, she's old at this point Oh, okay This is 1956 So she's 46 years old Still a pedophile Still. <laughs> He's gotta be a pedophile <laughs> Name like con spaceship like that like You wanna see my spaceship? <laughs> <laughs> Got some candy in here Space candy <laughs> Okay Okay <laughs> Alright Little hot <laughs> Pearly luster <It's> pretty- <laughs> I'm gonna get on <laughs> That's what the kid sounds like Oh, bird. you like my pearly luster? <laughs>
1: that
0: sounds super weird. It does. It's getting really bad. Super weird. Uh, so, ACOM took her aboard the scout ship, a craft some 60 feet in diameter. Look like, oh, how big my ship is. <laughs> 60 feet in diameter. That's right. Inside, it's all you- <laughs> covered
1: in pearly luster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah, but it's gone. <laughs>
1: Can't say that it didn't cross my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> I didn't want to say it.
0: Some 18 months later. No, no, I'm going back in time here. No. <clears throat> so inside I don't care. G- <laughs> You're
1: going in some Dude, direction. whatever.
0: inside you met a second pilot. Everybody's already lost on this yeah, story because of <laughs> like no all the weird names. I know. Inside you met a second pilot, stocky and darker skin than a con. <laughs> <laughs> hi,
1: hi down. Hi down. I'm just flying. I'm a con's
0: cousin. <laughs> Rayon. Hey
1: Jim, why don't you go ahead and say hi? <laughs>
0: So, yeah, um Wave Tower, come on. Um who was supposedly a botanist as well as an astrophysicist. Okay. <laughs> and he flew a ship apparently. Yeah, he's a pilot, yeah. She didn't mention that. Dude was an all-around good dude. He had a lot of stuff going on, you know. <laughs> but he was that stocky and darker skinned, so maybe he's like a second Oh, he's a botanist.
1: He's out in the sun all yeah, the time.
0: That's true. Yeah, you're right. Um she was allegedly shown a lens that offered views through the craft's floor. With, on, with only a hum emanating from below and no sense of movement, they were transported to the enormous cigar-shaped <laughs> mothership, which had a garden-like interior.
1: Oh, wow, <laughs> sounds amazing. I know it
0: really do. It really do. Um, after meeting its inhabitants, she was returned to the hilltop. Here's where it gets. Here's where it gets <laughs> steamy. Um, during the encounter, <laughs> kisses were exchanged, <laughs> <laughs> and Acon revealed that Elizabeth was in fact a reincarnated Venusian. And a long-lost soulmate. (laughs) You don't know this, but look, (laughs) you're reincarnated Venusian. We're soulmates. I just don't know why you're here. (laughs) Yeah, but it is what it is. He further explained that they occasionally took Earth women as partners. sounds like
1: a beautiful...
0: I know. Makes the notebook look stupid. I agree. He explained that they occasionally took Earth women as partners as the offspring strengthened their race with an infusion of new blood. Mm. He also claimed that a number of Venusians were surreptitiously living among human beings. So, on July 17, 1956, after their family farm was sold... She made a subsequent visit to the area and claimed to have taken a series of seven photos of Acon Scout Ship using her sis- sister's simple brownie box camera. <laughs> right, they didn't have iPhones back then. She had to, so this is where. But when people saw it, they're like, "That's just a hubcap you threw in the air and took a picture of." <laughs> that was that was the the claim because it looked like the sloser looked like a hubcap, right?
1: <laughs> I can hear somebody yeah. saying. That
0: now. That's just a hubcap. What a
1: bunch of crap! <laughs>
0: that came off of Plymouth. Come on. <laughs> Get your head straight. Oh, you know, pearly luster. in
1: South Africa.
0: Huh? Yeah. So,
1: your, I can't say. I
0: don't know how to... I'm not even going to try. It's
1: like kind of Australian, but...
0: Edgar Severs, a ufologist from Pretoria, stated that her family <laughs> saw, saw her leave... It's a different planet. I'm uh, pretty I sure. Know, ...saw her leave the homestead alone and suggested that the frail Elizabeth... Would have found it difficult to throw a car hubcap and, and photograph that old, <laughs> and photograph it at the same time. She ain't never gonna be able to throw and hit the button. Come on, hit in the game. She's y'all. a woman for one. For number two, I don't know how she even took the damn picture for one thing. <laughs> she ain't gonna throw a hubcap and take a picture. And so- and so he also stated that no makeup hubcap had been illustrated to sufficiently resemble the disc in the photos. Show me it. Show me the cap They look like that. <laughs> yeah. So, show me proof, woman. Yeah. So, no, but he was saying it was real. This guy. Wasn't. Oh, he was.
1: You've oh. seen it was real. He said there's like, no oh, way Kishi have done that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right.
0: So, will take, <laughs> take it back. Take it back. It's true. She did it. Um, In April 1958, a series of contacts reportedly started that set her story apart from the UFO stories that were standard in the 1950s. The visits by Akon culminated in a day-long rendezvous with Elizabeth on the high plateau of Cathkin Peak, where he supposedly presented her with the silver ring, which enhanced their telepathic connection. (laughs) Their love was consummated, and a child was conceived. Really? Yes. Where's that child? I'll tell you. From her writing. So she wrote a book about this. She said, I surrendered in ecstasy to the magic of his lovemaking. <laughs> our bodies merging in magnetic union is the divine essence of our spirit became one. <laughs> you ever had sex on a hubcap? <laughs> um, something else. So after a terrestrial pregnancy, this is so weird. Brownie
1: box camera, get up in there.
0: Selfies. Um, so after her pregnancy, so she got pregnant, um, her and her MG car. She had a car. They transported <laughs> um, in 1959 to Akon's home planet, which was called Meton. <laughs> she took her and her car. I can go with my my car, Acon. Well, how am I gonna get around on Meton? Fine, we'll use the power to Fine. get it up there too. <laughs> we'll take it. It's gonna cost us extra, but we're gonna do it.
1: You want that piece of crap? Okay, <laughs> whatever. Supposedly.
0: Meton was supposedly orbiting Proxima Centauri in the nearby multiple star system Alpha Centauri. There, she delivered a son who was given the name Ailing. He stayed behind on Meton to be educated. <laughs> He's Ailing. <laughs> He's Ailing. <Aww. clears throat> While Elizabeth reluctantly came home, Meton's planetary vibrations supposedly affected her heart, and she was consequently not permitted to return there. Instead, receiving follow-up visits from Akon and Ailing. I mean, it's just a tragedy. We have
1: all this technology, but we're not going to take care of you. Now, nah, you go do hospice on your own planet. <laughs> go
0: back home. We ain't got no health care up here on Méton. <laughs> talking about. We eliminated all that. So she had another little excerpt from her writings. There were no cities or skyscrapers as earth people know them anywhere on Meton. Homes were scattered in park-like grounds. There was an abundance of all things needed by civilization, apparently except for healthcare. Food, water, and all materials for building an unlimited supply of energy on tap from the atmosphere and the universe. No shortages of any kind and no monetary system there. at all. Sounds great. I'm gonna
1: call my bunker... What do you call? Me Tom. Yeah,
0: that's right. Um so she published a book in 1980 called Beyond the Light. I want to read it. I'm gonna read that sucker cuz sounds, sounds like l- it gets a little bit intimate. Yeah. So that yeah, a little, yeah.
1: Well, that's uh
0: So that's Elizabeth Clare. Man,
1: that's the most detailed That thing's crazy. Abduction I know. story ever. That le- sounds legit. You know? Mine are boring compared to that one. Mm. Um this one's pretty famous too, apparently. Yeah, this one I've heard of. Betty and Barney Hill. Mhm. So they were an interracial couple.
0: Yeah, which is kind of crazy for back then. Yeah, that did not
1: happen. Mm -mm. Um, They claimed to be abducted by extraterrestrials in a rural portion of the state of New Hampshire. New Hampshire? (laughs) In September 19... September 19th to 20th. (laughs) It's (laughs) two days. Yeah. Uh, 1961. It was the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction that people could follow because there were not confusing names (laughs) and weird stuff going on. New Hampshire. I know where that is. (laughs) Um, uh, There's even a historical marker in place of where the spaceship was. Oh, I'd love to see that. Cool. Yep. Um, So here the story goes. Okay. The two were driving home from Niagara Falls. <laughs> yes. And thought they saw a falling star, and they were like, well, that's cool. We'll watch that for a minute. And then they were like, let's just get off the road. Our dog needs to pee. Let's take a look at this sure. star a little more closely. Yeah. Um, and then it started to look a little bit funny. It was moving kind of back and forth in an opposite direction of kind of how falling stars normally fall. They usually just
0: fall. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Betty's sister had. Seen as saucer before, so she's like, maybe that's one. I'm gonna go see it oh. myself. So apparently, maybe people were like wanting to see. I would have
0: for sure. Yeah, it's like
1: there's a lot more. I want to be one of those UFO um experiencers. That's cool. I want to be an experiencer. Yeah. Um, and it started flashing different colors, and Barney thought as it, he he thought it was just a plane headed towards Montreal, but mm-hmm. then the as the craft like became a little bit more observable and closer. He Mm -hmm. said, this object that was a plane was not a plane. That was his words. Oh, okay. This object that was a plane was not a plane.
0: (laughs) I just like that. He's very articulate.
1: Yeah. They quickly returned to their car and drove towards Franconia Notch, a narrow mountain stretch of road. If you're from New Hampshire, you probably know what they're talking about. Um Approximately one mile south of Indian Head, they said the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. The same kind of thing, they heard like this, like kind of humming sound. Yeah. Getting closer to them, about 80 to 100 feet, it just kind of hovered there. And they were in a 1957 Chevy Bel Air, which would be sweet to have. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I just lost the sound again.
0: You're good. Just keep going. It's um, all good.
1: It sounds weird, though. Uh he said it reminded me of a huge pancake. <laughs> <laughs> huge pancake. I love how he explains it. Yeah. Uh, it Barney said it reminded him of a huge pancake. Um he was carrying his pistol, so he felt pretty uh confident and he stepped away <laughs> from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using his binoculars, he claimed to have seen about eight to eleven humanoid figures kind of running around looking out the window oh, of the so aircraft.
0: He, he could see in the aircraft. Yeah, so
1: he's like looking right at it. Wow. In unison, all but one figure moved towards what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. So they're just like looking around and they're like, Oh and they went and <laughs> get on some buttons. Yeah. One remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him, Stay where you are and keep looking.
0: <laughs> so like like telepathically or you I said don't know. It. I didn't oh. ever
1: I was wondering the same thing. Interesting. But I'm guessing it was like intercom.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See where you are. Keep looking.
0: You're not going to want to miss
1: this. (laughs) You're looking at us, but keep looking. Um, Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black
0: caps. That's sleek.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Red lights on what appeared to be bat wings began to telescope out of the sides of the craft. Mm. Sounds very like 1940, 50s. Sure does, huh? But, a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft the uh the craft was pretty silent and approached to what Barney estimated was within eighty to fifty feet of him. Um, and he said the beings he could tell were somehow not human, okay took him that long to realize sure they're not human, they're not people. so Barney kind of freaked out, tore his um he hurried and like dropped his binoculars and ran back to the car and he said. Honey, Betty, they're going to capture us. Oh, And so they jumped in the car, and they started getting out of Dodge, and they could hear this, like, rhythmic series of beeping and buzzing. R2-D2 type thing. And it was, like, bouncing off. It's like it was trying to get the whole car itself. They could feel it bouncing off the back of the car. It vibrated, and the tingling sensation passed through the hill's bodies. And they said that they had experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness, that left their minds dulled. The second series of beeping and buzzing returned a couple to full consciousness. Wow. And they found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles, but only had vague, spotty memories of the section of the road. So they
0: were like in and out of it while they're trying, yeah.
1: trying to pull them into their ship. Um,
0: I've had that sometimes driving home from work late at night. Yeah. How did I get home?
1: <laughs> I know it's kind of scary. Same thing. They recalled making a sudden, sharp, unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock, and observing a fiery orb in the road.
0: Hated when that both happens. of them reported that
1: okay yeah arriving home at about dawn the hills assert that they had uh, had some odd sensations and impulses they could not readily explain it's like they forgot how they got there and things were just out of whack yeah Betty insisted her luggage had been kept near the back door but it was in the middle of the house mm. their watches would never work again Barney said that the leather strap from his binoculars they were torn and he doesn't remember tearing them Jeez, the toes of his best dressed shoes were scraped.
0: That that's messed up. <laughs>
1: yeah, this far. Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, <laughs> though that? he found nothing unusual. Hey, I look good,
0: <laughs> honey. You look at this. Well, we just got home. Something feels weird. I'm gonna go look at my genitals. I gotta take a look at my ding dong. Something wrong. <laughs> After about five minutes, he comes out. <laughs> nothing unusual. All works good, still, baby.
1: Still doing pretty good. <laughs> They took long showers to remove <laughs> possible contamination, and each drew a picture of what they had observed. You should see the picture. Did you see it? No, I haven't oh. seen the picture. Um, so poorly drawn. Oh, it really? Basically, just has a face with eyes like kind of slanted upwards. Um, per-, oh, per perplexed. The hills. Um, oh, I flip my thing.
0: Dang it! Dang it!
1: Uh, yeah. Perplexed the hills. uh, Oh my gosh, I messed up here. Uh, They tried to reconstruct the chronology of events as they witnessed the UFO and drove home, but immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds, their memories became incomplete and fragmented. Just sucked the memories right out. It's like they needed to be forgotten. Yeah. After sleeping a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. Hmm. Later, <laughs> okay. when she retrieved, gotta go check my genitals again. <laughs> Wait, baby,
0: I'm still feeling weird. You want to check them this time?
1: I'm pretty sure. Come on, Betty. Pretty sure something's wrong.
0: Barney needs some help.
1: <laughs> Somebody touched him. I know it. You need to look.
0: Something's wrong.
1: <laughs> Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noted a pinkish powder on the dress. What? She hung the dress. On her clothesline, the pink powder blew away. Oh, great! So she saw it, but it blew off. But the dress was irreparably damaged. Mm-hmm. She threw it away, but then changed her mind. And so she retrieved the dress and hung it in her closet. Gosh,
0: this dress is going to be a mess. I know, been in the garbage, pink powder. Dresses, mess m- is a dress. messes, dresses, dresses. So
1: over the years, five laboratories actually have conducted chemical and forensic analyses on the dress. Oh. Only to find Barney's DNA, <laughs> yeah,
0: Bill Clinton's DNA on the dress. <laughs> Years ahead of yeah. his time.
1: Um, so they, what the, the one thing that they did is they kind of put them under uh, hypnosis to yeah. see if they could get more details. Because this was like, like one clear. of
0: the first big cases of like yeah. them doing this. What do they call it? Uh, memory. Yeah, something, yeah, something hypnosis. Yeah.
1: So they were like. Before they did this, uh, Betty was having, she had like five nights of these vivid dreams and had all these details, but couldn't really like put them into words and put yeah. them down. So they're like, well, what's hypnotizer?
0: She just should do more of them drawings she was so she good at. She should.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, they put him under hypnosis. And while under hypnosis, Barney explained first like what he had seen. And yeah. he said, he described the beings as generally um just uh, like betty had kind of vaguely described these alien beings and he kind of described them very similar to hers Mm Under hypnosis, he said, "Oh, those eyes—they're—they're in my brain. (laughs) I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. What? This is what he's saying. All I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid, and they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. Good (laughs) gracious, eyes, eyes, like right (laughs) up." Like, I can hear these words in one of those old, like, 50s, oh, yeah. like...
0: Ah, ah. I think they actually have, like, video or audio of these. Really?
1: Oh, we should have found them. I, I didn't know. I didn't look hard enough. Um, Barney related to that he and Betty were taken onto the disc-shaped craft. After this, like, hypnosis thing, they found that both of them had similar thoughts of, like, they were together, they were separated by these beings, and then tests were performed. Mm-hmm. Um, he... uh, Barney said he was escorted to a room to check his genitals again. (laughs) He was escorted to a room by three of the men and told to lie on a small rectangular exam table. Unlike Betty, Betty, uh, Barney's narrative of the exam was less detailed. As he continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam, he didn't want those eyes up in his eyes. A cup-like device was placed over his genitals. Of course. He did not experience an orgasm, Dang though it. Barney thought that a sperm sample had been taken. Pretty sure the men scraped that. his skin <laughs> and peered in his ears and mouth. A thin tube or cylinder was inserted in his anus and quickly removed. Good gracious. Someone felt his spine and seemed to be counting. Vertebrae, one two three four five
0: six seven. So. Wow. Get that sperm out. Yeah. Go. While I'm counting, you so just get So that's what he
1: reported. Um, wow. Betty's was more of like, almost like a like a nightmare, you know. She yeah. had these dreams that they were together. She felt like she was telepathically, like, connected to the leader and that he was kind of talking messages to her, but just standing there,
0: kind of like in Independence Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And so, um, her details weren't as exciting. Barney's was good, you know. Well, yeah. Anytime you, you have gave orgasms, a sperm sample on anal a spaceship tubes, got a tube stuck in his butt. Yeah. So no wonder, yeah. That, that He's was been crazy. checking his genitals <laughs> until the day he died. <laughs> but um, that one's yeah, good. that one. There pro there is a lot on that one. I think there's um, actually an I the entire be podcast sweet to on this. Grab that. There's I an bet. entire there podcast. There's a ton of details.
0: Oh, what's it called? So I was
1: trying to like summarize some of the best so parts much. of the
0: story. Yeah, there's a lot. That's a good one. We need to look into that one even more.
1: So if you ever have something weird and you feel inclined to check your genitals, it's good. good. It's good idea. You gotta find out. Yeah.
0: 1969, the Berkshire's UFO incident. This one is actually pretty um popular too. Uh, When numerous residents of Berkshire County, Massachusetts, individually reported having seen a UFO on September 1st, 1969, authorities were at a loss for explanation. On the evening in question, residents spotted— I don't know. I'm at a loss. (laughs) Um, They spotted lights above Sheffield in the southern Berkshires. Many of the witnesses said the lights were fitted to an unidentified disc-shaped craft that was maneuvering in unprecedented ways. Some witnesses claim they lost track of time as they gazed with stunned fascination at the object. So this seems to be something that is a, a theme with a lot of these: is people just lose track of time. Like, yeah, it was eleven thirty, and then I all saw of a sudden, the disc. It and was then... November. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. Came to, and it was snowing. Yeah. Uh, so I checked my genitals. <laughs> That's the first thing you do. Yeah. Thomas Reed was nine years old at the time. In the car with his mother, brother, and grandmother that night, the family noticed a group of glowing orbs dash out of the roadside trees. So they were just, like, chilling in the forest. Just, that, that's weird. Reed claims that something astounding happened when heading home. His family approached Sheffield Bridge. It came to a stop off the right side of the road. He recalled of the glowing orbs. Everything got really calm. It was like being in the middle of a hurricane. <clears throat> that doesn't seem like... I mean, I guess he's talking about the eye of the hurricane.
1: Oh, no, yeah, yeah, because
0: if you're in the middle of a hurricane, it ain't very calm. That don't make sense. Yeah, I know. There was like a barometric pressure change in pressure. <laughs> yeah, it was like a dead silence, and then there was an eruption of crickets and frogs, and it got really loud, and then that was it. What the? <clears throat> yeah. Then the family suddenly found itself back in the car, so it was like almost like they were like somewhere, and then back. But he doesn't know where he was quite yet. But they had inexplic- inexplicably lost two hours of memory. Stranger still Reed's mother and grandmother had somehow switched car seats. Wow. I was sitting over there and I'm sitting over here. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> that is weird. Um, I guess at the end of the day I'm like, Wow, well, I lost twelve hours
1: somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What did happened? I do today? What
0: happened? You <laughs> get abducted every day, go to work. Yeah. Despite any tangible evidence, um, Reed has remained steadfast in his account. He said over time, the family started regaining some of their memory, which is kind of interesting, including having been in a hangar-like facility with other people during this time. We encountered something, said Reed. It was definitely not of this world. This hangar thing we were in was huge. It was larger than a football field. This hallway we had seen was circular with a Y configuration almost to control the flow of traffic. This one room had a bowed-in wall. That was rounded. So, I mean, it's just a bunch of round rooms and a big, whatever, building. <laughs> uh, it was a tarnished, circular-looking vessel where an image of a willow tree was displayed. Oh. <clears throat> Reed was, on, was only one of dozens of people who reported witnessing willow a UFO. like, creepy. They kind of are, so they're like aren't they? are like, the
1: perfect tree for...
0: The, the weird thing about this is If you're going to get
1: abducted, it's going to be around a willow tree.
0: Oh, I guarantee it. It's got to be. Um... The weird thing about this one is is there. it wasn't just these people that reported this. There was actually a whole bunch of people. Some were adults who called into the local radio station to report the sighting. Others were children who began drawing UFOs in classes. Um, there must have been 20 or 30 sketches that were drawn by children in our fourth grade class from what they saw, said Reed. They hung underneath the class board in Sheffield Center School. More than one of those hang in the Roswell Museum today, actually. <clears throat> so it wasn't just them. There was like a bunch of kids saw it, A bunch of adults. Something happened at this time. I mean, it's crazy that there'd be this many people who would just lie about it for fun, right? right. It doesn't make any sense. Thomas Reed says the September 1669 incident was his third extraterrestrial experience. He claims he was abducted in 66 and in 67 from his bedroom. Another witness, Tom Warner, remembers running outside his neighbor's house when a beam of light in the sky flashed onto him uh, Jane Shaw, his neighbor, said he disappeared for a few minutes. Uh, yeah, he's just gone. A <laughs> few minutes. Few minutes. Uh, Warner also claimed he saw a 14-year-old girl named Melanie Kirchdorfer uh, uh, aboard the UFO. And Kirchdorfer backed up his story. And she's interviewed... Yeah, I was up there. Yeah. <laughs> he's right. It's all it's all good. So, uh, Don't man you- <laughs> he's gone. I was up there. <laughs> you know the uh, uh, Unsolved Mysteries? There was a new one. Uh-huh. That they yeah, made yeah, on yeah. Netflix. This was one of the. Was episodes, it really? Apparently, yeah. Oh dang it! So a you lot of the, it? they go into more of this in that episode. Um, if you want to see more about it, but that's the the Berkshire. What is it called? Berkshire's UFO. I'd never it. heard of that one. Yeah, one's interesting, huh? Yeah, that's cool for sure. That's pretty
1: cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one is the UFO abduction of Whitley Strieber, and this isn't a dumb dude. Like he's a um, like a bestseller of oh, really? multiple books.
0: Are they science fiction? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. He's
1: an American writer best known for his horror novels, The Wolfen, The Hunger, and Communion. Um, Ooh, I'd read those. They I sound know. good. He actually has a podcast. His really? internet podcast, Dreamland. Yeah, he's a 76-year-old. Um, but he, uh, was, he's was born in San Antonio, Texas, son of Kathleen, Mary, and Carl Stryber, a lawyer. Mm. Um. But he said that he was, uh, his abduction wasn't really like detailed very much. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he contends that he was abducted from his cabin in upstate New York on the evening of December 26 1985 by non-human beings. He wrote about this experience and related experiences in communion. So he oh. wasn't, it not necessarily just made it up. Like this was like the experience that he So had.
0: is communion, is it a, is it just like a, a, a non fiction a book? book? It's a non fiction book. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: So, although the book is perceived generally as an account of alien abduction, Stryber draws no conclusions about the identity of the alleged abductors. He refers to the beings as the visitors, Ooh, yeah. a name chosen to be as neutral as possible to entertain the possibility that they are not extraterrestrials. Okay. Neuro- neurologist Stephen Novella remarks that details of Whitney's tale or Whitley's tale of waking up seemingly paralyzed fits the description of hyp- hyp- hypnagogia, uh, a fairly common neurological phenomenon that has been mistaken by some for an in, uh, intervention by demons or aliens. Ah. So they just wake up film paralyzed like yeah. and something's happening. They believe that's what he experienced. Um, so anyways, he wrote this book about it. Mm-hmm. And then another really bizarre thing in his life is he believes that, he, he felt he was part of the Whitman Massacre, the shooting in um, the University of Texas, you know, the sniper up in the tower oh. that was just picking people off. Yeah. He had like all these really detailed descriptions of it. He'd said like, you know, here's just part part of it. I had, I had just had a Coke. I was walking from the student union to the academic center, which was an open shelf library near the tower when I heard a sharp bang and echoed off the university co-op across the street behind me. And the reason I am alive today is that I didn't turn around. I thought it was coming from the tower. The next thing I saw was a little boy on a bicycle coming toward me, and his head just exploded. I didn't hear that one. I knew then that it was coming from the tower. The people all took cover, and he watched like people get shot in the stomachs and everything. And he's like super detailed about one. He's like, um, they were lying in the grass, screaming, begging, pleading for help, trying to crawl along. One girl's legs wouldn't work. The other was vomiting pieces of herself out. And I could smell blood. And odor from their stomachs, um, what was in their stomachs and their colons. The smell was horrible coming from these poor kids, two young coeds. Um, but he has family that were like, he wasn't there. And so what? he says he claims to have witnessed the shootings in the communion in the context of the alien abduction screen memories. Whoa! Expressing puzzlement at having repeated this false claim over the years that he had like seen and could describe in detail what happened at the massacre, but he was never there. That's weird. Yeah, super weird. Huh? Um, did you ever? Uh, have, did you ever remember the series or like it was like a show, Faces of Fear? No, pretty I don't think disturbing. So. was like, it? it's, yeah, I've seen parts of it. It's about death and like or all face this stuff. Death, but he I've was heard about that. he was in this. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he had an interview in that movie. Yeah. But, so, anyways, yeah, he he said he got abducted and he had visions of these things that were uh. that are happen uh, that were going to happen. The other one was the master of the key, and he claimed that uh, while on a book tour for his um, for his book confirmation. He was visited in the early morning of June 6, ninety eight, at his Toronto hotel by an unknown man who presented him with a new image of God. Stryber engaged the man in dialogue for half an hour, though Stryber also conceded that once our conversation was transcribed, it became obvious that more time was involved. He must have been with me for at least two hours. Um, The subjects discussed included the Holocaust, sudden climate change, the afterlife, psychic ability, UFOs, and using human souls in machines. What? According to Stryber, the man did not give his name, and the book Stryber refers to him as Master of the Key. (laughs) While he was writing the book... I'm the Key Master. Stryber um, said that unlike other events he had experienced, the reality of this one isn't in question. He said he most... Certainly was visited by this person that talked about all these futuristic and detailed and strange things, and so what on earth? I know he's like super bizarre. I gotta read some of these. I know. Yeah, that's crazy. That that that's probably the the main things. But he said he was abducted. He said he had been given visions of these events that happened in the U.S. in our history, and then later in his life. As an author, he was visited by this dude that said he's the master of the key.
0: Oh my gosh, that's nuts, dude! Yeah, but the guy's like super successful. Someone and, needs to make a movie about that dude's life. Yeah, because that I'd watch it.
1: But I mean, if you were, I'm not saying he's a liar, but yeah, how how much better could you sell a book that you were convinced, sure. you know, you were like fully like nothing nope, this happened for sure? I would, that would sell like hotcakes. I, I even I, want to read it. I do too, man. So that's crazy. Yeah, that one was, kind that was a crazy.
0: Good one. Um, you ever heard of Travis Walton? This is this. Oh,
1: there's one part in this I forgot. Okay, Um, he said when he visited that Master of the Key, he's like, I wanted more information about him, and at that point, he said, "Would you drink this?" And he was holding a glass in his hand, and it had something in it that looked like milk. And without questioning it, I drank it immediately, and it put me to sleep right away. And that was the end of their visit. What? (laughs) Like what? I forgot about that detail. That's weird, man. Yeah, it was somebody just drink talking to you and holding a cup of milk. You're like, yeah, I'll
0: drink it. (laughs) Sure, let's talk. No, well, you don't drink milk out of some guy's hands you don't know? <laughs> yeah, never. That's a rule. Yeah, no. That's Rules for life.
1: Pearly, fluorescent <laughs> Yeah, colored. exactly.
0: Um, Travis Walton. This one could be one of the most famous, possibly, that we're talking about. Um, so, Travis Walton. According to Walton.
1: That's a full-on movie, huh?
0: Yes. November 5th, 1975. He was working with a timber stand improvement crew in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest near Snowflake, Arizona. While riding in a truck Snowflake. with six of his co-workers, they encountered a saucer-shaped object hovering over the ground approximately 110 feet away, making a high-pitched buzz. Hmm. Um, yeah, Walton claims that <laughs> after... He left the truck and approached the object. A beam of light suddenly appeared from the craft and knocked him unconscious. It was like fire in the sky.
1: Oh, oh it. there it is. The other I don't si- remember him being in the movie. By I thought he was by himself.
0: Dude, I can't remember. Like I saw the movie yeah, probably 150 remember, years ago. So yeah. um, but I do remember him.
1: the abduction part. I don't I like, remember I don't at by all.
0: I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. The other six men were frightened and supposedly drove away. Like, that to me is like, what a dick move. What kind of friends <laughs> or coworkers? What did I, I'm, I'm, he's getting killed. Let's go. <laughs> he's getting it's like, killed. Like, what, what, you know what I mean? Just leave. Now they got him. They got him. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I guess the day's over, boys. <laughs> Let's head on. Get out of here. Everybody check the <laughs> generals. Just get on our way. <sighs> Make sure. And just like yelling out the window, check your generals, Travis! <laughs> <laughs> as they're driving away, you know. <laughs> Cover your ball, <bow. laughs> Yeah They're Coming to get you Um So So they drove away Um Walton claimed that he Awoke in a hospital like room Being observed by three short Bald creatures
1: <laughs> And have no hair Unfortunate Yeah Alien species
0: Yeah oh, Three short We're short
1: We're bald <laughs> we we Stick get... this in
0: your butt <laughs> Yeah Lay back Um he claimed he fought with them until a human... kind of fe- sounds
1: like a normal hospitalist. It
0: does. <laughs> it's a hospitalist. <laughs> um, he claimed that he fought with them until a human wearing a helmet led Walton to another room where he blacked out <laughs> as three other humans put a clear plastic mask over his face. Don't find it, boy. It's okay. It was a clear plastic mask. It's a saran wrap, probably. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't, you know what I mean?
1: Huh. Um, that part was in the movie. Was it? Yeah, I remember okay. him like, freaking out.
0: I became conscious inside the craft, and I believed I was in the hospital," said Walton. "It was in a lot of pain, and I became more conscious. And I looked around, and I saw alien beings, and I just panicked. Well, you would, right? <laughs> I would say you probably would. Um, Am they I were in a hospital. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> aliens. What kind of hospital is this? Um, they were much smaller than me, and I think that's the reason they gave up," he said, adding that he one. <laughs> <laughs> he hit one of them Oh did he? Yeah Once they found out They couldn't control me They split <laughs> I, I was absolutely Screw this bull <laughs> crap I got kicked in the lip <laughs>
1: Get these some,
0: Get, get the him big out. humans in here Get they him would, out of here just Get yeah. the guy with the helmet Yeah I don't know i beat up some aliens Not a big deal <laughs> Yeah who's the guy With the helmet on? I don't Well yeah they, There was Human aliens Human bouncer? Yeah, there was aliens And then there was like Full size humans <laughs> There was like two of, Two different types I don't you know. want our help, or are you
1: guys going to keep doing what you're doing?
0: <laughs> uh, so he beat he beat up the little guys, and then they had to bring the big guys in and put a oh. saran wrap on his face. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, the beings purportedly poked and prodded him on a kind of table. Five days elapsed on Earth where Walton was officially declared missing and his co-workers became suspects. Of course. Obviously. Like, they would be, right?
1: Well, something's happening and we left him. (laughs) I
0: don't know. Fire in the sky and we left. (laughs) We're scared. Um, Meanwhile, Walton's colleagues were questioned by authorities, and when Walton miraculously reappeared, a full-scale investigation was launched that included polygraphs, psychological evaluations, and physical examinations of all genitals involved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably. Um, line up, line up. Never turn your see head and cough. Gentle. <laughs> Something suspicious. Yeah. Um, for five days, the authorities thought that that he'd been murdered by his coworkers. Right, and then he was returned. Said ufologist Jim Ludwith. of all the coworkers who were there who saw the spacecraft, they all took polygraph tests and they all passed, except for one. And that one was inconclusive. <laughs>
1: shouldn't say anything about that. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's lying. Well, okay. we don't know. Police anyway.
0: and rescue search for days with dogs and helicopters. So, I mean, really, when you think about it, this story is pretty crazy. It is bizarre. Like, bizarre. Bizarre. He's bizarre. It's this story is very bizarre.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, details. <laughs> <Just snorted. laughs>
0: the details you have are very bizarre. Let me touch your ding
1: dong. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case I am peril to go check my genitals
0: <laughs> Excuse me while I examine myself Something feels weird I need to go examine my What did you say? I need to go check myself. Um, <coughs> Walton has claimed he remembers... How good. Proceed. <laughs> Everything is in order. <laughs> Walton has claimed he remembers nothing else until he found himself walking along the highway five days later with the flying saucer departing above him. So, this this is an, another weird thing that happened afterwards. Um, later research conducted at the site of Walton's abduction showed an unusual growth rate in the trees where the craft had allegedly well, hovered. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. The trees near the site were found to be producing wood fiber at a rate 36 times greater than they had in decades before. What? For show? Sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's crazy. Growing wood like nuts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, like peanuts or nut n- n- wood, <laughs> yeah, n- yeah. Like grown wood like Nuts. nut farm, nut wood. <laughs> um, so th- obviously, this is the movie Fire in the Sky, it was based on. So
1: that's crazy. I never heard the uh wood thing, that's Me pretty either. cool. Yeah, I know, grew my wood dirty. Yeah. times. <laughs> that's greater. right.
0: Hold on, I gotta go check something. Be back.
1: <laughs> This story is causing me to feel weird. I'm going to go check something.
0: Hey, did you know that I recently got back from Hawaii? I do. I Dude, do. it wasn't long ago. Um, It was a wonderful trip with wonderful people. I had a wonderful time. And you want to know what made it even more wonderful? The shorts that I wore the entire trip. Yeah. And those happened to be off-the-grid surplus shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite shorts on the face of the planet and probably throughout the entire galaxy. Yeah. Alpha mm-hmm. Centauri. Um Metor or whatever that place was, they probably don't even have shorts this good. Because if you go to authorgoodsurplus.com, you can get these suckers. They've got pockets in all the right places. I love pockets and pants. You can easily check yourself if you need to at any time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Quick yeah. access. Breathes well. You got good breathability. And you check it. Exactly. So look at these features. These suckers, they're durable, they're lightweight. They got four-way stretch fabric. Four ways. Stretch fabric is by far
1: my favorite now, dude.
0: It. I don't want to wear anything. That I don't need stretch either. fabric. Like even
1: just random dress pants, my They stretchy. I don't yeah. want them.
0: What are those shoes made of? Stretch fabric. Okay, <laughs> I wear them. Yeah. What uh, you
1: wearing is stretch
0: fabric. <laughs> but they got water-resistant coating, which is obviously nice. Mesh pockets, which I really love because once you get wet, you know how your pockets stay wet for eternity, basically. These ones that's don't. That's true. That's true. It's great. Um, they got the eight pockets. Hip perfect hip pockets. pants for a theme park. You're not kidding. You go on splash yeah. ride. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Dries off. They're gonna dry off. So, and you got that crotch gusset. Mm-hmm. It increases the high strain <laughs> seam longevity. Ain't no alien getting in there. Not, not try. <laughs> see what happens. It's <laughs> yeah. not gonna happen. And you got the two inch belt loop height with which I love. You can That's get those true. bigger belts. You know, if you like to conceal carry or carry on whatever. It's great. If you want to go see what these are like, go to offthegridsurplus.com. And once you're checking out. Here's the key. you got to put our code in, Casual Preppers, because you're going to get an extra 15% off. 15%. Yeah. That's a lot of percentages. Um, So go do it. Go to
1: Off Surplus. They Goods seriously 3+. are amazing shorts. I and love them. And if you like them that much, mm-hmm. you can go full leg and get their pants the that pay the same
0: deal. Twice Same freaking pants Twice is cool It's like long shorts Twice the fabric <laughs> Yeah You know what I mean I
1: wore them I wore them like This whole weekend Did you It's just nice Cause you can I had my wallet Zipped in this pocket mm. My keys in this one Yeah And we went And, and explored a cave mm, And I was like I'm not gonna lose any of this Cause no. it's all zipped in Yeah I lost my whole pants <laughs>
0: <laughs> unless you, I don't know. Unless you lose Come your Come out shorts. of your
1: cave with everything missing. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, damn we'll Patrick, are gone. For one second <laughs> <laughs> Going to Turn bush. around and check this. <laughs> but yeah, they are. They're amazing. I love them. Yeah. Good. Um, the Pascagola. Gula? Pascagola alien story. That's yeah. from <laughs> Yeah. So, um, oh my gosh, keep doing that. Touched it and went crazy. Wood's grown faster than it should have been. 36 times. Um, this was uh, the Pascagoula. <laughs> Pascagoula. I don't know how you say it. Abduction Whatever. was an alleged UFO sighting and alien abduction in 1973 in which Charles Hickens, hmm. not Charles Dickens. Nope. And Calvin Parker claimed they were abducted by aliens while fishing near pascagoula
0: mississippi sounds like a story they told their wives <laughs> i know <laughs> honey but you guys have been gone six hours well we uh feels like 15 minutes dear but I, when i get
1: back from checking the <laughs> genitals i'm gonna tell you this story you're not gonna believe it you're not gonna believe it <laughs> uh, on the evening of october 11th 1973 42 year old charles hickens 19-year-old Calvin Parker. I don't know if they're related, but that's weird weird in and of itself.
0: (laughs) That's super weird. Told
1: the Jackson County, Mississippi (laughs) Sheriff's Office that they were fishing off a pier on the west bank of Pasgoula River. (laughs) I'm saying that wrong. It somebody off. In Mississippi, when they heard a whirring whizzing sound... (laughs) Saw
0: two flash over and Chuck was pissing in the river. There's <laughs> a whizzing sound. Yeah.
1: <laughs> whizzing does sound like a word they would use. Yeah. And whizzing and like a whistling and whizzing. Whirring? whirring, no, whirring. Um they saw two flashing blue lights. We've heard this before. It's the police. The two flashing blue bowl, you know, balls flying above yep. over and um, Skinwalker. Skinwalker, yeah. Same one. Mm-hmm. And observed an oval shaped. Object thirty to forty feet across and eight to ten feet high. Jeez. Parker and Hickson claimed Hickson claimed they were conscious but paralyzed. While three creatures, always three, mm-hmm. we travel in three <laughs> <laughs> with robotic slit mouths. I don't know. Is that just like yeah? I don't. And know. crab-like pincers. <laughs> Um, took them aboard the object and subjected them to an examination.
0: Give us your fish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give us your eggs. <laughs>
0: um, let me check your. But genitals. yeah, like they. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, these. Just, yeah, mm. the story sounds weird already. Sure. Yeah. Um, but let's see some of the details here. So they they still to this day you know claim that they were yeah. seen and um. Parker said. Uh, when they re-interviewed him not too long ago, they had to fold. So they were when they were recording. They actually left the recorder in there, and supposedly these two didn't know it was there. But while it was while the uh, in inve- uh, what investigators or whatever of the mm-hmm. story were when they left, this is what it picked up. They said when they sat down and listened to it, Parker had said, "You know, when he was talking about the details, he's like kind of choked up a little bit." I never heard it, not the full recording, just pieces of it. This is after they played it back to him. Just the pieces where Charlie and I were locked in the room and they walked out. It was surprisingly, they had the whole thing on tape. I had no idea. Apparently, Charlie didn't either. They, they was all hidden. (laughs) They was all hidden. (laughs) It was all hidden. And it had said in there that they had, I thought I had the details of it. Dang it. Uh Um, But basically, while they were out of the room, they talked about, I couldn't believe it myself. And... They just talked about all the little encounters yeah. and how they sounded crazy, and they're like, "I wouldn't believe it if I had heard it either." But this truly happened to us. Huh. So, anyways, um, this one you can look up; it's pretty, pretty entertaining. Pashkagula. but some forty-six-year-old with a young boy uh-huh. that to me was the out fishing part of the story. and saw weird creatures that abducted him for a short time. I hope it's like
0: an uncle and a nephew or something like that. I never
1: did find out you know? how and if they're related. If not. I think some of weird foul play
0: on. was going yeah. on. So this one is Antonio Villas-Boas. Man. He's from Brazil. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. Brazilian. At the time of, the, of his alleged abduction, Antonio
1: Villas-Boas
0: was a 23-year-old Brazilian farmer who was working at night to avoid the hot temperatures of the day. October 16, 1957, he was plowing fields near São Francisco de Sals when he saw what he described as a red star in the night sky. According to his story the star approached his position growing in size until it became recognizable as a roughly circular or egg-shaped aerial craft with a red light at its front and rotating cupola on top. Okay. The craft began descending to land in the field extending three legs as it did so. At that point it was <laughs> it's like mixed like English with like I know. rotating cupola. Yeah. At Cup. that point, Boaz decided to run from the scene. He's like, I getting out of here. Ain't no farming worth this. So according to Boaz, he first attempted to leave the scene on his tractor. You're like, <laughs> I mean, that's not the best, fastest getaway I've ever heard of, for one thing. Max 18 <laughs> mile per hour. <laughs> yeah. Just like flounder. But when the lights in <laughs> the engine died after traveling only a short distance, he decided to continue on foot. <laughs> so the tractor didn't last long. However... He was seized by a five foot tall humanoid who was wearing grey coveralls and a helmet. <laughs> That's just wow. I know, man. Wow, this is what happened. Its eyes were small and blue, and instead of speech, it made noises like barks or yelps. <laughs> That's what it sounded like.
1: Just another farmer telling him <laughs> to bring the tractor back around. Hi,
0: hey.
1: <laughs> exactly a is a
0: a short farmer in gray overalls just trying to tell him to bring the tractor <laughs> over burn <Bring them> up <laughs> <laughs> exactly um three similar beings then joined the first in subduing Boaz and they dragged him inside their craft so this at this point it wasn't a farmer um <laughs> inside the craft Boaz said that he was stripped of his clothes and covered from head to toe with a strange gel that uh, that would freak you out a little bit right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take off your clothes and we're gonna slather you up. <laughs> Just chill, all right? <laughs> he was Don't then worry led, about it. He was then led to a large, semicircular room through a doorway that had a strange red symbols written over it. Oh. He claimed that he was able to memorize these symbols and later reproduce them for investigators. In this room, the beings took got samples. A tattoo of them already? <laughs> yeah, right on my, down my, tramp, lumbar. my tramp stamp <laughs> down here. <laughs> it's alien pretty symbols. cool huh you guys don't get it it's just like getting chinese right <laughs> yeah. same thing
1: humans are stupid <laughs>
0: yeah we don't know what it means um in this room the beings took samples of boaz's blood but they took it from his chin which is not the best place to take blood i wouldn't think but i don't know they took it from his chin yeah after this he was then taken to a third room and left alone for an a half an hour during this, time, it's just like when you go to the doctor's office. You think the doctor's coming in, there you are in another room for a half hour. You got a bunch of gel on me. Is <laughs> somebody coming in? I'm paying for this. Come on, getting an ultrasound or what? During this time, some kind of gas was pumped into the room, which made Boaz become violently <laughs> ill. So, so now he's slathered and he's slathered in goo. What are they doing? He's puking everywhere. It's not great. Shortly after this, Boaz claimed that he was joined in it the It does room. sound like a waiting room now. It does. I Weird gases yeah. spelled in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was joined by another humanoid. This one, however, was female. Ooh. Very attractive and naked.
1: That's a Brazilian.
0: Yep. She was the same height as the other beings he had encountered with a small pointed chin, large blue cat-like eyes. The, the girl, uh huh. Oh, okay. the hair on her head was long and white, kind of like platinum blonde.
1: Well, that sounds like a cool video. game. But her <laughs>
0: underarm and pubic hair were bright red. You remember so, that? Yeah. I was like, "What? Oh, what's going on here?" Um, I just remember she's female
1: and her crotch had red hair. She had fire crotch. What was everything else look like? Her crotch had red hair, <laughs> and she's female. She she was a woman. She had no top on. Yeah, and I don't remember anything else,
0: dude. I was covered in gel. Come on, <laughs> stinky gas pissed me off. <laughs> I wasn't really excited at this point. <laughs> I Just wanted to get back and pick my pineapples or whatever the hell I was doing. Um, so, um, so I said he was strongly attracted. But red to hair is not weird. <laughs> Think about it. Platinum blonde I'm hair. Thinking about it. Carpets didn't match the drapes, You know <laughs> I'm what I mean. Thinking about it. <laughs> I gotta check my genitals. <laughs> Before I finish the story, I gotta check my genitals. <laughs> Something weird Boaz, going upon me. He said he was strongly attracted to the woman and the two had sexual intercourse. What? Yeah, for sure. During this act, Boaz noted that the female did not kiss him but instead nipped him on the chin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> said she was nibbling on his Okay, chin. story done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all like, right, boy. We heard enough. <laughs> Don't you want to hear? You're the trying rest? to tell me <laughs> the hottest woman in the world was on a spaceship with That's you? The hottest woman in the universe. <laughs> yeah, and you, she just bit your chin. Yeah. All right. All I'm done right. with this. No story. kisses, just
0: chin nipping. <laughs> oh man. So weird. So that
1: happens on Melton or whatever. That <laughs> Melton, Melton. Mit-
0: you probably had like some. Weird fetish after all this. I know, baby. You bite me on my chin, (laughs) probably did. What I mean, yeah, just Uh, a little bit, little nibble on my chin. He's checking the internet for chin nibbling porn. (laughs) Nothing coming up. Gosh dang it, stupid. I hate the internet. Um, (laughs) nothing satisfying on earth anymore.
1: (laughs) Once you had chin nibble,
0: it's going back, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Ah, She ruined it for me. Um, When it was all over, the female smiled at Boaz, rubbing her belly, (laughs) and gestured upwards like this.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) I kind of want too many soccer games. (laughs) I know. So he said, You scored, son. (laughs) (laughs) Go! That's good goal! He took that to
0: mean that she was going to raise their child in space. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense you know, That's the first thing I would have thought I just figured that's what she was saying You going upstairs? <laughs> There's an upstairs in this ship? <laughs> you gonna make me a sandwich up here now? Upstairs? <laughs> Is that where I should go clean off this gel? <laughs> what? What you pointing to? Turn the lights off? What do you want me to do? <laughs>
1: and then, of course, like, how would you <laughs> How would you immediately think <laughs> Oh, she just uh, me, she's going to raise the kid <coughs> up in heaven. Okay. I'm <laughs> pretty sure that's not what he's...
0: You want it one more time? <laughs> you got to give me a 24-hour turnaround, baby. I can't go. i my chin hurts. I don't get it. Upstairs, what? Uh, I'm number one. <laughs> that's I'm right. I'm number one human.
1: <laughs> I'm number one. Thank you.
0: Uh, <laughs> that was your first time? Jeez, you should have told me...
1: I can't understand. Oh, You're hungry. What? All these different things. Are you thinking?
0: <laughs> so, um, so that pissed him off, kind of. Um, again, he, he was mad. I want yeah, more. B- no, because he was like, this is what he said. He said he felt angered by the situation. He felt as though he had been little more than a good stallion for the humanoids. <laughs> so he'd been used for his body, oh, okay. basically. Um, so that kind of made him mad. Yeah, I wouldn't care. Boaz said that he was then given back his clothing and taken on a tour of the ship. Get out. (laughs) Oh, he did go on a tour. Let me show you around the place. And so they went around the (laughs) ship, checked it all out, you know. Um, He was then escorted off the ship and watched as it took off, glowing brightly. When he returned home, he discovered that four hours had passed. Uh, Many didn't believe him, but a local doctor noted that he noticed signs that Boaz had radiation sickness such as nausea and bruising, okay. burning sensations in the eye, and skin that was painful to touch.
1: Oh. Well, something happened. Yeah.
0: So, anyways, that's... That's an interesting story. <laughs> Antonio vs. boas That might be my favorite one. Yeah, that was a good one, huh?
1: Yeah. So, this one wasn't uh, as much funny as it was just weird. It just.
0: Yeah, well, some of these are super weird, man.
1: Yeah. I guess all of others were weird, too. Yeah. But um, the pilot, Frederick Valentich... Valentich... Hmm. Uh, so he was a pilot. He hmm. was younger. I think he's 20. Anyways, he was flying uh, a little private plane from Melbourne to, I can't remember the location, but he radioed Melbourne air traffic control at 7.06 uh, PM to report that an unidentified aircraft was following him at 4,500 feet. Hmm. He was told there was no one, uh, there's no air traffic at that level. valentic Uh, said he could see a large unknown aircraft which appeared to be illuminated by four bright landing lights he Mm. was unable to confirm its type but it said it passed about a thousand feet overhead and was moving at high speed valentic then reported that the aircraft was approaching him from the east and said the other pilot might be purposely toying with him Mm. valentic said that um said the aircraft was orbiting above him and that it had a shiny metal surface and a green light on it. There's always like weird colored lights. I know, I know. always. There's never like, it's got a warm, soft glow. regular halogen headlights. (laughs) Valentic reported, uh, further reported that he was experiencing engine troubles and he asked to identify the aircraft, Valentic radioed, it's not an aircraft. His Mm. transmission was then interrupted by unidentified noise described as being metallic Uh, scraping sounds before all contact was lost. And this guy, he was never found, and his plane was never found. They never found him? No, he disappeared. So he just, like that. UFOlogists have speculated that extraterrestrials either destroyed Valentich's aircraft and abducted him, or uh, asserting that some individuals reported seeing an erratically moving green light in the sky, and that he was in a steep dive at the time. Ufologists believe the accounts are significant because of the green light mentioned in the Lessig Street. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, I guess it, there had been some, like, uh, people had spotted that same night some yeah. weird, like, activity in the air. Hmm. Uh, the group Ground Saucer Watch, pretty oh, cool. Man. I want to be part of that. I'd love Based to be in part Phoenix, of it. Arizona, claims that the photos taken by plumber Roy Manifold on the day of Valentic's disappearance, show a fast-moving object exiting the water near Cape Otway Lighthouse. According to the UFO writer Jerome Clark, ground saucer watch argued that they showed a bona fide unknown flying object of moderate dimensions apparently surrounded by a cloud-like vapor exhaust residue. What? Although the pictures were not clear enough to identify the object. So he, disa- Luster. he disappeared on that same night, and only, I think it was like... 10 or 15 years later, they had, there there's like a piece the uh, of a plane that washed up. Mm-hmm. Didn't fully, like they couldn't identify the numbers to exactly fit yeah. this guy's aircraft, but they believed it was enough could to have say been. it could have been. Um, mm-hmm. Some experts believe that when he was flying b- between the two, he got disoriented and was actually looking at his reflection in the water. Like he was upside down. He's like, you're <laughs> landing <light."> What? <laughs> yeah. And he got confused. Inverted. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why his plane started sputtering. That's weird. And then he crashed into the water. Jeez. Never found him.
0: Oh, that, that's interesting. But man. it was just
1: weird that it was the same time yeah. that there had been these sightings of this green light, very similar to what he described. Yeah. And, um, possible flying objects and then he had disappeared and they that's never found weird. anything of him or, but anything,
0: huh. anyway, that was way, way weird. Yeah, that, 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 that that's weird. way weird. That's way weird. That's a good one. Wayward. Um, this one is the abductions of Audrey and Debbie Hewins. This one isn't super interesting. I'll go through it pretty quick, but, um, these were these two sisters. I was abducted the end. The end. They went to this guy. Um, Probably about five years old or so, she says. Um, she described that the room was flooded with an incredibly blue... She was five? Yep. Oh, man. Uh, was... These stories are always accurate. I know. <laughs> incredibly bright blue light. Police
1: officer comes to confirm it. Yep, yep saw
0: yep. blue light. She did. She saw it. Um, <laughs> that would fill her room before her door would open. Then the rest of the house would fill with a foggy sort of light, again blue. There would also be a buzzing or droning sound, which resembled bees and incoherent voices... Drones, incoherent voices. Screw that. I don't want to hear that. No, especially with blue, foggy light in my house. Go back to bed. Not morning. No, thank you. There were all signs (laughs) that (laughs) they were not alone. Eventually, two bald men would enter the room. Both Audrey and Debbie have described the bald men as being humanoid in shape. They always had gray skin with bulbous heads and large black eyes. So it's like those eyes (laughs) eyes. coming at me. So it's it's like the you know the gray very typical mm-hmm. appearance um Uh, so though Audrey's first alien abduction occurred during childhood, she claimed these visitations continued well into adulthood. So they took her, they took her, was she as
1: lucky as the one lady that mm, got married? No, 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 no,
0: So they went into the craft a few times with them, and then all of a sudden, like they could just see everything underneath them, like it went invisible. That's pretty cool. Yeah, why
1: don't we make crafts like that? That That's good. That would
0: piss out of me, actually. It would, dude. Yeah, (laughs) sitting (laughs) on an airplane lying
1: there. You want to see below us? No,
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, so that happened. Um, so uh, the, the twins refer to these entities as the bald men, which they described, uh, people willing to listen, um, which was like everybody's heard of the greys or the simple greys. It's like the, the exact description of that, right? Yeah. Um, so they didn't want to say much about this, but apparently Audrey, um, after a non-human entity saved her from drowning in the ocean, she was inspired to dedicate her life to openly discussing her alien abduction experiences. So she had a bunch of things happen to her, these abductions, and then she was drowning in the ocean, and one of them saved her. So she's like, well, let's talk about it now. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, that's interesting. So that's the two sisters. That's Audrey and Debbie Hewins. The Baldies. Um, yeah. The Baldies, the Baldies took us. The Baldies took us. Um, Cam, have you ever heard of SOL? Sure have. Survive Outdoors Longer. They make emergency shelters, fire starters, survival kits, signaling accessories. They are trusted by outdoor professionals and casual preppers. Um, I personally have their emergency bivy in my bug out bag currently right now um they are reasonably priced and that is one of the best things about their products is good gear but you're not paying like exorbitant amount of money for these things right Mm -hmm. they have a brand new collection being launched later this year that we're super excited about expanding their selection to include base camp items cutting tools navigation and a whole bunch more stuff so cam what do we always say pack s-o-l and pack more than luck okay they have
1: amazing stuff
0: <clears throat> where can you get it though that's the question a lot of people everywhere. ask everywhere. rei mhm amazon mhm many other fine retailers they carry sol survive outdoors longer you see it basically a big orange packaging yep it's great stuff
1: so um, this story is the story of robert taylor According to Taylor, a forestry worker with Mm -hmm. Livingston Development Corporation on
0: the 9th of November. Forestry
1: worker, another one.
0: I know. There's, I think three or four of these were forestry workers. Weird, huh? They're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I guess that makes sense.
1: Can make trees grow faster. Yeah. On the 9th of November 1979, he parked his pickup truck at the side of a road near the M8 motorway and walked along the forest path up the side of Dutchmont Law with his dog. Taylor reported seeing what was described as a flying dome or a large circular sphere approximately seven yards in diameter, hovering, which is 6.4 meters. In case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, in case you're from somewhere else, not <clears> Earth. <throat> um, hovering above the forest, clearing about 530 yards. 530 um, yards? Who says that? I know. Away from his truck. Okay, 580 meters. Does that make <laughs> more sense? Well, it's like no. like 500 yards. It's like 20 feet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Give or take. It was out there, Way Taylor described the object as a dark metallic material with rough texture like sandpaper hmm. featuring an outer rim set with small propellers. <laughs> Taylor Just claims strong. he experienced a foul odor like burning brakes and that smaller spheres, similar to sea mines, had seized him and were dragging him in the direction of the large ob- larger object when he lost consciousness. Sea mines? I know. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I guess those big bulbous things that have like the little um, spiky things on. Is that a sea mine? I don't know. That ships bounce into.
0: Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. I was
1: thinking it was like a mine shaft mm. at first. but You like shafts. Don't be dumb. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So according to him, he later awoke and the objects were gone, but he could, but he could not start his truck. So we walked back to his home in Livingston. Patricia Hannaford, founder of the Edinburgh University UFO Research Society and a qualified physician, advised Campbell on medical aspects of the case. She suggested that Taylor's collapse was an isolated attack from temporal lobe epilepsy and that the fit and the fit explained the objects as hallucinations, symptoms such as Taylor's previous meningitis. His report of a strong smell, which nobody else could detect, but nobody else was around. Yeah. His headache, dry throat, paralysis of his legs, and period of unconsciousness suggested this cause.
0: She works for the health insurance company, I guarantee it, it.
1: Founder of the University of UFO Research, she's like trying to debunk it? Yeah. Wouldn't she be in support of it? I don't know. Anyway. She's she's cast out after she said all this mm-hmm. stuff. Steve Donnelly, a physicist and editor for the Skeptic... Also considered the incident to be explained by an epileptic attack. Campbell suggests Taylor's attack may have been stimulated by a mirage of Venus. Oh gosh. I know.
0: Mirage of Venus? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't see that all the time. No.
1: Um local businessman Phil Fenton published a report in two thousand wow, Phil <laughs> Fenton,
0: local businessman. <laughs> had it <that> down.
1: <laughs> um speculating that Taylor may have suffered a mini stroke and been exposed. Poor guy you're dummy. <laughs> this guy just got problems you got meningitis probably had a stroke temporal lobe problem
0: liver enzymes are elevated <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> may have suffered a mini stroke and been exposed to harmful chemicals which left him confused and disoriented Jeez. and that the ufo he believes he saw could have been a saucer-shaped water tower nearby <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you dummy i got a water tower there's a water there.
1: tower 20 to 40 feet away yeah, from y- you
0: you idiot
1: but um this site, like he, he swears by it and you know, and he didn't die from all of these mm. medical problems that they said he could have been experiencing. Yeah. Um, you can actually visit it. I think it is Ooh. a site that is open for public to nice. go and toy around Let's go stuff, do it. smell burnt rubber, mm. pass out and get abducted. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's a good one. But that's
1: pretty much the whole story. I got
0: one more for you, Cam. Mm. Um, this one is from China. Oh, cool. And so I think some of this article was actually translated so everything from- everything come out of China now? Chinese. So some of it is kind of funny to read. This is the Meng Zagao incident. Zagao. Mm-hmm. June 7th, 1994, oh, when Zagao was recent. working at a logging camp- it Really wasn't recent, but it seems like it should be. Yeah. A logging camp and spotted lights and metallic flashes from nearby Mount Phoenix- when he went to investigate what he assumed was a downed helicopter, he was hit in the head by an unknown entity or force, knocking him out instantly. <laughs> so this part, like, he just assumed a helicopter crashed. There was a light over there. Look, it's probably a helicopter crashing. <laughs> and then this is what he says. I thought a helicopter had crashed, so I set out to scavenge for scrap. <laughs> like it wasn't like I gotta go see if the guy's okay. I'm gonna get that motor. I'm gonna get them I've been propellers. <laughs>
1: I'm going to cutting wood, imagine for a windmill I could build with those. <laughs> yeah. I that mean, is pretty funny. It's just like, what?
0: I don't care if they're dead. That's what he told a reporter from the Huffington Post. He said, boom, something hit me square in the forehead and knocked me out. <laughs> oh, boom. <up>. <coughs> oh, boom. Something hit me square in the forehead and knocked me out. Um, when this gal came to, he encountered a tall, human-esque female alien, which he
1: described. So men are bald, yeah. shorties, and <laughs> the women are like. Which he, super
0: tall he, he described her as 10 feet tall oh wow she had 6 fingers but otherwise looked completely I like a human played the M- the female nba or whatever yeah. yeah 6 fingers wow some forms of this story also claim the alien had fur covered legs ooh yeah and one hippie. another hippie one said alien. that the, the fur was actually braided as well so there's <laughs> wow. like just try to imagine what this alien looked like 10 feet <laughs> tall Six fingers, braided leg hair, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Sounds attractive. Yeah, according to um, one version of the story, Zagal was transported back home, where he engaged in a marathon forty-minute sexual encounter with the galactic visitor while hovering above his sleeping wife and daughter. Wow! <laughs> 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 wow! <Whoa, whoa. laughs> hey. That's crazy. Marathon forty. Can we minutes. go somewhere else. This is a little awkward, if you didn't realize. Um <clears throat> when the space creature finally finished with the genital rubbing, Zagal <laughs> was left with a mysterious mysterious scar on his thigh. Oh. A mark which when investigated when investigated by a doctor in September of two thousand three was deemed unusual <laughs> and not caused by normal injury or <laughs> Surgery Hell this is weird Nine years later He has a doctor Maybe i ought to get that Looked at <laughs> It's been nine years um, Nigh on a decade Maybe I ought to Get it checked out Serious You know what I mean So weird I've um, been
1: checking My genitals For nine years But yeah. I think You should look at it I gotta
0: have a pro Look at this At this point Maybe <laughs> just in case A month later The gal claims To have ascended Through a wall To visit the aliens On their spaceship No when aboard, he requested to see his alien lover one more time. Where's that woman you got? You got that 10 foot lady around here with them six fingers? <laughs> she said she was going to call. I didn't call yet. I'm tired of this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. drop me off. I kind of leave my email address or something. <laughs> uh, but his bid was denied. While on the spacecraft. Which
1: one of you be hit me in the head? <laughs> <laughs> right Zoom. Or i 4
0: Or foom. Yeah. Fool me right in the head. Fool me right in the head. While in Spacecraft, Zagal was told that his human-alien hybrid son would be born in a faraway planet in 60 years. Oh. That's a gestation period right there. Oh, my God. 60 years. Um, this isn't going to be worth it. <laughs> I'm going to be dead by then, guys. Come on. <laughs> daddy, daddy. Well, nah, there ain't no possibility. Daddy's dead. Um, <laughs> They said in Chinese... But with a heavy accent, so it was hard for me to understand at first. But they were refugees, like me. Oh, they
1: they were speaking Chinese to him with mm-hmm. heavy accent. Yeah.
0: Like me, they wanted to escape their former lives, so they left their dying homes, a gal said to the Huffington Post. <laughs> in addition to the medical exams a gal received in two thousand three, he was also subject to polygraph tests, which according to some sources, proved he was telling the truth. One of the stranger aspects of the story is that the fact that Zagal claims to have never heard of UFOs or outer space people (laughs) until he reported his experience. Now, that part's a lie. (laughs) i never heard. What's outer space? What's a UFO? (laughs) What's space people? I don't know. What's alien?
1: I just out-attracted (laughs) 10-foot, six-fingered woman. I
0: know trees. I know helicopters. That's it. Never looking at nothing else. (laughs) You know? That's it. Speaking of helicopters, you need any parts? (laughs) Yeah. I've been scavenging. Um, Zagal's wife reportedly forgave him for his adulterous alien... That's fine, <laughs> I told my wife all about it afterwards. She won't too angry, he says.
1: <laughs> What's a
0: scar on your thigh? Nothing. Nothing. Um, so the one thing that stood out, uh, to the Huffington Post after researching the story is the fact that Zagal received numerous gifts as a result of his abduction, <laughs> including a Sony television, a cow... <laughs> and most notably a job at Harbin university sounds legit <laughs> yeah oh what you saw an alien here's the television <laughs> oh and a cow take a cow too what you want you want both good okay, go ahead <laughs> uh, i got a job for you down at university he's rough he he's got <laughs> <had> <laughs> sex with an alien you see that scar on don't his thighs see,
1: <laughs> doesn't get to see his kid for 60
0: years <laughs> yeah Man, he's been through. A you know lot. what?
1: You want to work at the hospital? You want to work at the university?
0: Yeah, I got a job for you. That is really weird. Anyways, that's that one is one of the weirdest. Sounds that's legit. what we got. That's what we got for, <laughs> yeah.
1: for uh, um, alien
0: abductions. Yeah.
1: Wow. I know some experiences I have yet to have in life. Oh,
0: unfortunately, I really
1: mm-hmm. wish I well, would. I'll look out. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I could explain to my wife though about no. thigh injury tussling about with this ten <laughs> foot woman up in the air above her. <laughs> Well, it happened the other night. You were right below us. I thought it was fine. You didn't
0: say anything. <laughs> you know?
1: We were quiet. Yeah. She would never come back. No. If we had a kid, we would be dead. <laughs> yeah. You won't get to see him. Well, that's what we
0: got, guys. Thank you there for listening. you go. I uh, appreciate you guys. Anything else, Cameron? No. Oh, did we have any reviews? No. I mean, we got some stuff that, that we got sent over to. I us. need to drink this. Yeah. so
1: a good bucked friend up. said sent us some energy drink called bucked up
0: so we're gonna try it next week yeah we, on the podcast. they're not
1: cold we want them cold yeah. and then we're gonna give you a good review
0: yeah for sure and then we got a bunch of stuff from um what what is the the uh brand called yeah
1: um off-grid E-D- EDEC
0: E-D-E-D-C or something um so got- if you go to yeah
1: edecdfcom Yes. they have like some uh if you're worried about the EMP, they've got you mm-hmm. protected.
0: Yeah, they got a the good protected. stuff. So we're going to check those out as well.
1: Yeah, we're going to play with this stuff and go check your genitals real quick, mm-hmm. and then we'll get back to you.
0: Stay survived.